0: welcome to the ibjjf podcast the official podcast of the international brazilian jiu-jitsu federation tune in to hear interviews with the top coaches and athletes in the sport as well as breakdowns and analysis of the biggest events let's dive into this week's episode Welcome back, everyone, to the IBJJF podcast. My guest today is Cole Abate. In 2023, Cole won the Europeans, the PANS, the Worlds, and the Asian Championships, also got promoted to black belt. We're going to get to all of that. Cole, how are you doing today?
1: Uh, man, I'm feeling great. Uh, actually, traveling later on today uh, to Australia, so I've got a super fight out there, and uh, that will be the debut at black belt. So, uh, busy busy start uh, as soon as I get the black belt, but uh, I'm, I'm ready for the challenges that are going to be coming my
0: way. That's amazing. So I wanted to start with your weight class for 2023. You you kind of went up to lightweight. You made a little bit of a change to your weight class. You're competing at featherweight quite a bit. Did all your tournaments this year at lightweight. Can you talk about that weight class? And do you feel like you found a home in the lightweight division this year?
1: Yeah, so I mean, uh, since purple belt, really, I think the one of the last ones I did uh, at featherweight was uh, was uh, Worlds as a purple belt. And that was yeah. the one where I closed out with uh, Gustavo and we won featherweight Worlds. Uh, up until that point, I had already been competing featherweight pretty much my uh, my entire career as an adult. Um, my body was still growing, so I knew uh, there was still some room for for growth. And uh, right now we're uh, we're we're still like deciding. that's still like stuff that's in the talks. Um, I've been competing at Brown belt uh, lightweight division uh, for the past few months. Uh, at the start of uh, or at the end of my purple belt uh, run was that lightweight as well, I fought Europeans uh, as a lightweight uh, that time as well. Um, so I mean, I, I feel good in that weight class. I've, I, I feel strong for the weight class. Uh, we're still deciding. Uh, I know we have a few teammates at that weight class, so I mean, there's a lot of different strategies that 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 we can go through and that we're talking about right now. Uh, but we'll we'll see how it plays out, and it'll be a be a surprise for everybody.
0: So you mentioned that you won the Europeans at purple belt this year, lightweight division. Then you won the Pans and the Worlds at brown belt were you pretty impressed with the, the caliber of the opponents that you face I know you had some pretty dominant performances but I feel like in the color belt divisions as the years go on the level just keeps getting higher and higher so can you talk about the level of your opponents this year at the color belts
1: yeah I mean uh, and anytime anytime you're getting to like purple belt adult brown belt adult those are all like the, the guys that you see at the top of the podium are people that are, are really training as professionals and and want to make a want to make a career out of the sport. Uh, as a competitor it's rare that you see somebody that just trains for fun that's like at the top of the division it's like it's a it's there's a there's a level of dedication that goes into it so i mean when you go to big tournaments like worlds pans and europeans uh you have to expect the best of uh, of your competitors and uh of course there's going to be people traveling from pretty much all over for those big tournaments uh so i got to face a, a lot of different competitors going up through through those colored belts and fighting at the big tournaments uh, definitely, definitely, uh, they were all uh, all tough opponents. Um, but the goal was never, never to to focus on a certain person or uh, or or somebody specific that I knew that would be coming from another team or coming from another country that would be tough. Uh, it's always been uh, always been on the black belt. And I think that whenever you focus on uh, on setting yourself at a higher standard than than your division, uh, it really doesn't matter who you face. You put yourself uh, you you put yourself on a pedestal basically, and that and you're forced to elevate your level to uh to whatever you're trying to get to and uh i always i always pictured myself being in in the black belt finals at worlds and uh and fighting with the toughest guys in the sport and uh, i think that's always allowed me to uh to be be at, at my best whenever it came to to those tournaments like that and uh it really didn't matter who the opponent was of course we always have game plans and strategies prepared for the person but if you have a higher technical level than everybody else it's easy to adapt uh, adapt getting closer to the tournament and then just decide the strategy that, that that's best in order to beat that person. Uh, so that's kind of, that was kind of the the thought process, uh, going through those belts is like my press always told me that those were stepping stones and, uh, yeah. just every, every big, every big tournament was just preparing me more and more for, uh, for the black belt. So, uh, of course I wanted to go out there, show good jujitsu and, uh, and put on dominant performances, but I knew that that would be the result of, uh, of focusing on, on getting, getting to the black belt level as fast as I could. So uh, that, w- that was kind of what we were trying to do. And uh, I feel that I, was, I did a great, great job of that. I feel uh, I finished pretty much uh, most of my fights. There were a few guys that I didn't finish. Uh, and of course there were always adjustments being made after the fact. Um, but I, I feel that I did a good job of, uh, of of always working to get the finish. I mean, the goal is always 100% uh, finish rate. So if I'm not able to finish everybody, then that means there's work to do. And uh, that's that's what I've been focusing on in this lead up to Black Belt. So. Uh, now starts a new chapter. I just received my black belt in Japan, so really happy right now and uh, and ready for what's
0: to come. Did you have a favorite performance out of the first three major championships of the year—the Europeans, Pans, and Worlds? I know they were all pretty dominant, but was there mm-hmm. one that stood out where you felt like you were really firing on all cylinders?
1: I think uh, looking back now, I liked the way I performed at Pans, just because uh, man, there was a lot of a lot of improvement that happened between europeans and uh, and pan ams and i feel that the improvements i made between that that time period is what like put me on a different level i think i fought really good at, at worlds too um i think that was a really special one just because uh just because i it was i knew it would be probably my last one as a brown belt and i went out there and finished most of the fights there were two fights that i didn't finish against uh, two tough uh, tough competitors uh but i just i liked the I like seeing the improvement from Europeans and comparing that to my Pan's, uh, pans performance. Uh, I think uh, I, I had a tough division. I had a tough division at Europeans, but uh, I think there were more tough guys at, at the at Pan Ams as a brown belt, and I, I feel that I showed, uh, showed a lot of improvement between uh, then and, and, the, and the next event. So uh, I think one of the things that I improved on a lot between, uh, between Europeans and Pan Ams was just being able to c- control kind of the hype of, uh, of fights that people people are, are, are talking about. A lot of times there's, uh, there's people that are saying that, oh, it's going to be a crazy match because you've got this tough guy come from Brazil, they've never fought before. And uh, I fought, I fought a, a competitor from Brazil um, in, in, at Europeans. Was a dominant performance, didn't get, get scored on or anything, but I feel that I could have showed more in the match, in my finals match at Europeans. And, uh, I was able to face that guy's teammate who at the time, uh, won, uh, the same division, but at Brown belt. So yeah. the guy, the guy I ended up fighting, uh, at pans in the semifinals, uh, was the guy that I fought in the finals, his teammate from Europeans. And, uh, he had won Europeans at Brown belt. So I knew that, uh, if that guy was a higher belt, um, than the guy I fought in the, in the finals at Europeans at purple, that the guy's probably pretty tough and, uh, and they trained together. So I know that they would come with a, a strong strategy, a strong game plan. And, uh, Going out there and being able to finish him, I think, gave me a lot of confidence uh, for the rest of the tournament. And uh, I think that, that that gave me the confidence that I needed to, to, you know, recognize that there had been improvement from Purple Belt to, uh, to Brown Belt and uh, that it would be easy to keep leveling up if I maintained the work that I was doing. Uh, so that's kind of how I looked at that um, going forward past Pan Ams. And uh, there was still a lot of improvement made from Pan Ams going into Worlds. And uh, I was happy with the results for sure.
0: So you mentioned it before, but that brings us to your next tournament, the Asian Championships. So what was your motivation to travel all the way out to Japan to compete at the Asian Championships this year?
1: Uh, traveling to Japan, it was something that I'd never done before. I, I've always wanted to travel to Japan, and uh, it's always been a, a really cool place uh, that I've seen a lot of my teammates travel to and compete at. And uh, especially because, man, looking back, I think uh, one of the most memorable performances in Japan was from my professors, uh, Gian nice. Hoffa, when they went out and did pretty much the best highlight you could possibly do. And that's like, that's, it, it's a video that people watch till this day and like just watching them both uh, compete over there and like show their jiu-jitsu, show top and bottom, just like amazing moves and in a competition environment, it's it's pretty hard to do uh, what they did at that tournament. So, I mean, that kind of inspired me to go out there and, and wanna do want to do a little bit of the same, is uh, go out there, show my jiu-jitsu, go to a place I've never been to before and uh, and meet the the Japanese community. I know I have a lot of friends that are from there, a lot of teammates that are from there, and they told me how great it was. Uh, so it was an amazing trip. And uh, to top it off, uh, I received uh, the black belt from Professor Gee. Uh, it was actually the black belt of uh, Professor Hafa that he used to wear in Japan and, uh, and was given to in Japan. So, I mean, it made it, made it even more special. And uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't think of a better way for, for that promotion to happen. And uh, it just seemed like everything, everything played out perfect in my head. It was like everybody everybody that supported me was there. Uh, all of the fans were amazing. Everybody was super respectful. It's just a a different different level of love for the sport. That that's what I that's what I noticed there. And uh, man, it was just it was it was amazing. I had a uh, I had my mom watching from back home. Uh, I Facetimed her right after the match. Of course, my dad was there to to cheer me on. And uh, man, it's just it's it it makes me look back and uh, and feel grateful for everything that's happened. And uh, there's just there's nothing I would change. Ever since a kid. I feel like everything had been building to that moment, and uh, everything had fallen into place. And uh, there has been there have been ups and downs, but I think that like that's what made me into the to the person that I was that day, and uh, I was deserving of the black belt, and that's what Professor Gee Professor Gee saw in me, and uh, he thought it was the right moment to uh, to give me the black belt, and uh, for it to be done on the mats, uh, that's that's even better. I know there's a, a lot of different ways you can get promoted, uh, but that was that one was pretty cool, it was pretty special, one one I'll never forget for sure.
0: That's amazing. So that moved your 2023 record to 29-0, 25 submissions. I believe that's an 86% submission rate. You got your black belt in Japan. Some incredible experience, experiences. So did those experiences surpass your expectations going into 2023?
1: I mean, I always, I, I, like I said, I always hold myself to, to high standards and, uh, and expect the best of me. Uh, 86% uh, submission rate is, is pretty nice. I know it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a high percentage. But the goals always hundred so I mean the, the the goal now is gonna be to to raise that percentage up especially going into the black belt. Uh, I wanna go into want go into the terms that I'm gonna compete next and and i wanna I wanna set a statement uh, showing that like I'm here to stay and I'm here to here to win and dominate so uh I wanna I wanna do kind of like what uh what what tynan did like i I feel that he had a really good really good start to his run at black belt he got his black belt wasn't satisfied and like went out there and started competing as much as he could tried to fight as many of the tough guys in division uh, as he could before he got to worlds. So by the time he did get to worlds, he pretty much fought with everybody uh, that w- that had a name in the division. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, uh, I think that gives you a lot of experience going into worlds. I mean, I have a little under a year until, uh, until the world championships and uh, the goal is going to be to fight as many tough guys uh, in the division that I've been watching for a while, uh, fighting this division. And uh, I'm going to, try to try to gain as much experience as I can before then and, uh, and go in there and try to win worlds at the, as the first year.
0: So you mentioned it a couple of times already, but you've been studying the top black belts in your division. I'm sure multiple divisions, featherweight, mm-hmm. lightweight, maybe middleweight. Can you talk mm-hmm. about some of the, the strategies that you've used to watch those black belts? Who have you watched and what divisions have you watched coming up through the ranks?
1: I mean, I think it's always important to focus on the people that are the best in the division that are, that are, that are making themselves different from the rest. And, uh, I think looking looking back at whenever I was a a, a few belts a few belts ago when I was a, a green belt blue belt and looking forward to to what divisions I was fight uh, like I said I didn't really know how big I was gonna get so as you said I was watching a couple different divisions and uh, I think watching featherweight I think the person that was able to separate themselves from from the rest of the division the best was uh, was Professor Hoffa the way he went out and pretty much dominated every year and he started I think he started a uh, he has a good story because he started as, as a black belt, uh, not winning just yet. He went, he went and fought, uh, Cobrinha a couple times at first, didn't get the victory, but you saw that every single time he fought Cobrinha, it was like getting closer and closer. Then it got to, then it started getting to decisions. Then it started getting to dominating on points to eventually getting submissions. And, uh, I think that's a cool story to look back on is like, he, he started, uh, started brand new as a black belt, uh, debuting. And, uh, He just kept collecting experience kept collecting uh experiences and i think that took him to a new level and uh both him and uh and uh, tynan had that same same mentality of going out there and just trying to fight as much as they could to just gain as much experience at this first start uh, of the black belt and i think that's what makes the difference so i mean uh, i just got my black belt a few weeks ago and i'm already traveling today to go compete Uh, this time will be uh, will be a nogi event uh, in Australia. And then uh, after that, we'll look at what the next events are. I know I have, I'm have i going to be combining uh, and, uh, and competing in both Gi and Nogi for the next few months. And it will be a pretty busy schedule. Um, so uh, I think whenever I get back, the next one will probably be uh, the one in uh, in Kazakhstan with uh, the Moldolfo team. So it'll be like a team tournament uh, that they're going to be having out there. So I'm excited for that as well. And then uh, it'll be focusing on the gi-, gi as well, getting ready for the next super fights, getting ready for the next tournaments, and uh, just trying to fight the best. And uh, I think that I've been studying this division for a while, so I kind of know what to expect. Uh, my teammates have both been, uh, both been dominating in their divisions. John, John has, been, uh, has been killing it at lightweight for the last few years. He's already got a, a lot of experience, and I've seen him fight uh, pretty much all the top guys in, uh, in lightweight division. And then, of course, uh, tying his reign uh, at middleweight has been something amazing to see. So, I mean, getting to see them kind of sets the blueprint uh, for, for, how, uh, for how my run should be and uh i think those are the those are the three main people that i'd say like i i've been inspired by watching as i've been coming up the ranks and uh i think uh i think they set a good example of how to start at black belt they all came in beating big names and uh and basically just showing that they're there to stay and uh that's kind of that's kind of my mentality going into this first phase
0: yeah they definitely hit the ground running from the start of black belt just like you said you've got a super fight coming up at the ibjgf absolute grand prix Friday, September 1st. We're super excited for this fight. You're going to be taking on Eduardo Dudu Granzotto from Checkmat. Really great opponent, Purple Belt World Champion, Brown Belt European Champion. How excited are you to be part of a card of that magnitude?
1: Man, I think it's going to be great. I think pretty much anytime time they have those EBSJF uh, Grand Prix, it's always something Something everybody stops what they're doing and, and tunes in to watch, right? So yes. I, think, uh, I think it'll be cool, too. I'll have uh, some of my teammates competing on the card as well. And uh, that's definitely a match that uh, that's that's very interesting. I think the public will like uh, like to hear being announced. Uh, we're both uh, fairly new uh, black belts, of course. Me being a little bit newer, but um, I think uh, I think it'll be a good match. He's somebody that has fought uh, a lot of the people that I've faced already, so I've seen uh, a couple of his matches with people that I've fought and have a good idea of what to expect. And uh, of course, I've I've had teammates that have fought him as well, so uh, I'll, I'll I'll be I'll be training with them, and uh, it's very easy to. Uh, to gauge where I'm going to be at based on the way they they fought with him, and uh, I I think I'm pretty confident going into it uh, that it'll be a great match. Uh, but I'm gonna gonna try to go in with the same mentality and go in there to to build to a submission and uh, show dominant jiu jitsu that the that the public will like to see. Um, but I think it'll be a great match. I, I know he's a tough competitor. He's had some uh, some uh, some great great accomplishments already, like you said, and uh, I, I can't wait.
0: Yeah, he had some great matches with your teammate Zach Kyna one in Gi, one at the Nogi Worlds, I believe. And those were always really close matches. I'm sure you've seen those. Have you been yeah. studying Eduardo in terms of those matches and even just beyond that in his performances at the Major Gi Championships?
1: Of course, uh, I think uh, Zach's, a, Zach's a really, really good teammate that I have, and uh, we're really close friends. And uh, when I was, Zach's a little bit little bit older than me. So when I, was a, when I was a blue belt, when I was a green belt, he was always like a belt ahead of me and, mm. uh, and a few years older. So uh, it was always cool to see, like, their battles. They always had uh, really back-and-forth matches. And uh, I, think, uh, I think having him as a teammate will definitely help in the preparation for this. Uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, Pablo uh, Pablo Lavacelli also fought uh, due to, I think, it was, like, a, a local tournament. I'm not sure if they fought or if they were in the same division, but Pablo ended up winning the, the division. Um, but uh, I think that'll be a good uh, good reference point for sure too. Whenever it comes to to studying, so uh, I have both those teammates to help me out that have experience fighting against Dudu.
0: So for all the Jiu Jitsu fans who are going to be tuning into that, what can they expect from that match?
1: I think you can expect some beautiful Jiu Jitsu. Uh, like the same way I always go out and try to put on a dominant performance is what I'll be doing. I feel that uh, that I have Jiu Jitsu that's complete and uh, I can work from top and bottom. So I, I, I hope to go in and uh, and put on a performance where it doesn't matter what exchange we get to. I'm always leading the pace of the match, and uh, every step of the match is initiated by me until I'm able to get a submission.
0: Awesome. Well, we're super excited to watch you compete at Black Belt. I know you've got a lot of other stuff going on too. Teaching is a really big part of your career. You lead the Nogi program at AOJ, and I believe you're involved in the kids program as well. So can you talk about those opportunities and just what, what those experiences have taught you?
1: I mean, teaching has been a passion of mine since, uh, since I was young, uh, really since I started like outgrowing the kids class uh, when I was younger. Uh, I was always like a little assistant that would help out during the kids class and uh, would help the, the younger kids. And uh, I think seeing, seeing people that were older than me, seeing people that were a few years ahead of me. Uh, really helped me take notes as a kid and uh and help develop my skills as a as a coach and as a professor and uh of course as I've as as I've moved to Tokyo J one of the biggest schools uh in the world uh not only because of their uh their competitors but also because of the way they run classes and uh, and teach here I feel it's a different different philosophy a different way of thinking and uh there's a different different level of uh of professionalism here at the gym and uh I think it's something really cool to see I mean we have people Coming from all over the world, one to train. But we have a lot of times we have professors that come travel here just to see how we run classes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something else uh, to note that doesn't really get a uh, doesn't really get a lot of attention. I know people come here to train, but a lot of people come here to see how we how we run things at the gym, uh, and uh, and people want to learn like what's the what's the secret recipe behind it. And, uh, and I think it's something uh, something uh, that I'm really best blessed to have because it's not everybody that gets to be in a system like this where you're kind of brought up uh, focusing on both careers. I feel like that's like one of the things that makes, makes the Academy different is uh, it's, it feels like I'm at like a, like a a university, the best university you can be at, but I'm learning to be the best competitor I can be while still maintaining a strong image as a coach and, uh, and as an athlete. So uh, I think it allows me to build both sides of that career so that in the future, uh, I'm not limited to only having uh, one, uh, one path to, to success and uh, i'll be able to open an academy of my own one day so i mean uh, i've been running the the kids classes since i since i got here really Uh, i've been helping out with the kids classes and uh and teaching teaching uh different different ages at the gym and uh i mean you see what they're doing at Pan kids right now they've had they've had amazing results at Pan kids and at the at the previous tournaments leading up to it so i mean i think that that goes to show you that our that our work is paying off and then uh about, uh, two years ago, I started with, uh, the Nogi program. They gave, uh, Professor Gienhoff allowed me to run that program. So it's been pretty much, I've been pretty much the face of the Nogi program at the gym. And I think it's a huge responsibility to have. And, uh, I hope that, uh, with my success as an athlete and competing in Nogi and, uh, constantly developing my skills as a professor, we can start to to grow that program even more. I mean, it's already gotten to a point where, uh, the mat that we were using before got too small and now we had to open up a new <laughs> new uh new slot to to train at so that we can have That's enough awesome. people on the mat so i mean it's it shows that the work is uh it's working so uh i'll be com- i'll be continuing that same work and uh looking to improve in both areas and uh actually right now i'm working on uh on releasing my first master class i think it'll be something very cool something very uh very different that uh, i don't think has ever done ever been done before uh I'll let it be a surprise, but uh it'll 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 be a treat for for everybody. I think people from all ages will will enjoy it. So uh pretty soon we'll be announcing that.
0: That's amazing. Well, you started training when you were five, and when you started training, you were you were taking it very professionally from the beginning. I think back then there were probably less people who were at that age taking jiu-jitsu that seriously. But now mm-hmm. there's a lot and there's a lot at AOJ. Like you mentioned, there's kids competing at Pan, kids who are super high level from AOJ. So do you feel like that experience starting when you were five? going through all those color belt ranks and competing at the highest level that you could, do you feel like that helped you a lot teaching the kids and gave you a lot of lessons that you could pass on to them that could help them?
1: Definitely. I think it, uh, I think training since a kid and training at a high level and training, very professional, uh, put me at a level where I was able to, now I'm able to, to understand what, what the kids that are trying to make careers out of jiu-jitsu is like, what's going through their head. And, uh, I think, uh, being at the Academy that I'm at now, Really, just provides the environment that's perfect for that. It's the perfect recipe for somebody that's trying to make a career out of it. And uh, I think with every age group, with every generation, there's always like the up and comers, and then there's uh, a few people that are a few years older that they're able to look up to. I think people are always people are always uh, it's always easier for somebody to look up to somebody that's a little closer in age to them. And uh, I think that's uh, that's kind of what I've been uh, at Aoj is since I got there. I was like a fourteen year old green belt. But and John, those are the guys that were a few years ahead of me. Zach was a few years ahead of me. And those are the people that I had around me the most. I mean, those people were the ones uh, that were inspiring me and pushing me every day and uh, that I aspired to be like. And uh, I think whenever they're closer in age like that, it makes a, a really close bond between you and your teammates. And uh, the people that I teach now, the kids especially, um, I know that they 're a few years younger than me, but I see that they 're looking at my every move, and uh, I know that i 'm inspiring them uh, in, in a lot of different ways so i mean uh, i 'm very 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 uh very happy to be be in that position where i'm able to where i 'm able to uh to run a, a program with, uh, with a lot of kids from different ages and uh, they 're able to look up to somebody that has similar goals and similar dreams. So uh, I think that's uh, that's where my head's at now. It's just like trying to bring up those next those next few uh, those next few kids and uh, put them on the same career path that I was whenever I was younger.
0: You're doing incredible work through both your teaching and your competition. So, is there anything else you wanted to say before we wrap up this podcast?
1: No, I just want to say thank you to everyone for the support. I mean i just I just received my uh, my black belt a few few weeks ago, and uh, I've gotten so many messages since then. So much support has been shown towards me and uh man i couldn't be any happier and uh now going forward uh, i want to give that back so i mean i'm i'm gonna keep working hard gonna keep trying to show show the best jiu that i can uh to help help give back that same support and uh like i said i'm working on a lot of a lot of new projects right now as a competitor and uh, as a teacher and uh that stuff will always will will all be announced soon so uh, i'm happy to happy to share that stuff uh, in the coming months
0: Thank you so much for your time today, Cole. We really appreciate it. If you guys want to watch Cole compete at the IBJJF Absolute Grand Prix in his super fight, that's going to go down Friday, September 1st. You can watch it exclusively on Flow Grappling. Thanks again, Cole. Thanks, everyone, for watching. We'll see you guys soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to the IBJJF podcast. Be sure to head over to IBJJF.com for the latest news and events from the International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation. We hope you enjoyed the show.